しまじ Episode 135 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And uh, make sure to head over to the Facebook、uh, and like us, the Cult of Matt and Mark, or hit our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com, or send us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. And don't forget to go over to Amazon and pick up my novel, Nova Byzantium, out、uh, via Mask Books now for Kindle, Kobu, and Barnes and Noble. What is、uh, so, Kobu? Did I already ask that question like, on a previous podcast? Yeah, it's like the indie、uh, EPUB bookseller. You know, oh, to, do they make so, their own?、Uh, do they make their own reader? And, uh, yeah, they make their own reader, and I guess、oh. it's kind of for shit.、Uh, <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I know.、Uh, I think、uh, Rose's dad、uh, bought one and was having some problems with it. So、mm. you know,、uh, that's what happens when you.、Uh, You know, go up against the、uh, gigantic corporate tyranny of Amazon. You have to,、uh, you know, suffer. I guess with mediocre product.、Mm. Well, you know, that's what they say. A、uh, what, is the, what is the old saying? A Bezos scorned the wrath of a, a Bezos, Bezos scorned. scorned. A、uh, techno libertarian scorned, as I like to say. <laughs> yeah. God for God help us all. Well, let's、so. all let's all hope none of our listening audience got kobooed.、Uh, yeah, kobooed. Yeah, kobooed is uh, uh, that's what happens when you watch that video. I think is what they call it. All right, show news. Mark has no show news. I don't know if I really have any show news other than uh, I uh, since we're reviewing a Japanese movie this week. I do have some friends over in Japan.、Uh, Emma and Shoma went over there for a quote unquote. Mini vacation of eleven days or so, which I didn't. Only eleven days. Only eleven. That's a mini vacation. What kind of vacation is that? I don't know. I was like, "What are you guys turning French on?" Well,、me? you got to do something before you have to move to South Carolina to follow your job. Yeah, I think Emma.、Um, I think Emma would、uh, probably pull espresso before she would move to South Carolina,、uh, and get paid better. I'm sure too. So anyway, no.、Uh, But if you move to South Carolina, you have the right to work, which is something to be said. Oh, thank Christ. The right to be treated like shit while you're working, all that good stuff. Don't get me started on that topic. Anyway, they're over in Japan. Oh,、uh, the engineers got kobooed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's、uh, that's another thing.、Uh, anyway, I don't want to get into that. But、uh, they're over there and they're hunkered down because、uh, Typhoon Fanphone, which sounds like a cheap knockoff Chinese version of the、uh, kobu. The The Kobu. <laughs> I bought this fan phone over in a discount rack, and it sucks ass. But anyway, that's the typhoon, I guess, that's hitting、uh, Japan right now. So, well, I、uh, uh, hope they're not on、uh, Oshima Island. No shit. Or, yeah, or, or, or are they visiting、uh, the、uh, what is that name? Izu. Izu. The Izu Peninsula. Yes. Okay. So let's get into the.、Uh, Plot rundown this week.、Uh, not a very, I'm not very fond of this plot rundown, but、uh, here it goes. Reiku Asakawa is researching a cursed video by interviewing teenagers. When her niece Tomako dies of sudden heart failure with an unnaturally horrified expression on her face, Reiku investigates. She finds out that the 
that some of Tamako's friends who had been on holiday with Tamako the week before had died on exactly the same night at the exact same time in the exact same way. Reiko goes to the cabin where the teens had stayed and finds the unlabeled videotape. Reiko watches the tape to discover to her horror is in fact the cursed videotape. Ex-husband Ryuji helps Reiko solve the mystery. Reiko makes him a copy for further investigation. Oh, boy, become, this is a lengthy one. I know. Just pipe down. Things become more tense when their son, Yoichi, watches the tape saying Tamako had told the, them to. They, they didn't talk about the lunch she had while she was up at the cabin where she got the tape. It looked pretty tasty. She was eating lunch up there? I didn't yeah, know she had lunch, lunch before uh, oh. she found well, the you got to have lunch, man, even when you're cursed. <laughs> she, had, she wasn't gotta cursed eat. at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, their discovery takes them to a volcanic island where they discover that the video has a connection to a psychic who died 30 years ago and her child said that cool. Anyway, there you go. Long-winded. I realize Mark hates long-winded plot rundowns, but there you go. So, you know, th- it does bring up one issue. Is Why is uh, Reiko um, already on the heels of this tape before it really hits her personally with uh, the death Tomaco. of Tomoko? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're going to pronounce all the names like that from now on? Rico. Yes, we're going yeah. to. Rico. Rico. Like, uh, that's Rico. like a Street Fighter 2. That's how we're going to pronounce all the names. <laughs> uh, anyway. it, it is pretty fun, actually. <laughs> it is fun. Yeah, because then uh, you just sound like a, like a badass Zuko. samurai saying that kind of <laughs> shit in a, in a video game. Uh, she's a newspaper reporter or something, right? Yeah, it's just, it's so. just, she just happens to be following up the hot lead on a high school girl's uh, uh, scary tale. I know. You know You know what? We'd probably write this off now. It's like uh, they probably drank some shitty malted uh, alcoholic beverage with too much caffeine, and then they all fucking died. That's probably what would write Yeah, they were drinking focals. <laughs> what was that shit that like those kids were drinking in Ellensburg and they all fucking went to the hospital? I think they banned I, it now. Something like, you mean for loco? For loco. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, my guess is maybe she well I'm not sure. I think it's just happy coincidence. So she had some understanding of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was the number one grossing horror movie. In Japan of all times. Well, uh, it's, uh, I tell you, of the three movies we've done so far, and I think of, of all six we'll do, this is by far, the, I think, the scariest movie. Really? Yeah. I see. Uh, I, I was tainted by the American version of this film. And, uh, well, I saw the American version too, and I, uh, I don't remember, as with most films that I'm not paying close attention to, I don't remember much about it. Other than uh, Naomi Watts was in it. But she was yeah. not, she had her top on the whole time. Yeah, no, it's um, fucking crime right there. And uh, I just, I just, I found this thing, I found this movie legitimately frightening. I mean, well, in it, a way that uh, the actual, I mean, well, Pieces wasn't frightening at all. It was just sort of funny. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the Exorcist was sort of horrible, like looking at a car accident, horrible. But you don't feel scared for yourself. But this movie made that you know that that goose pimple sort of well uh, that, that sort of oh god I'm going to look away from the screen momentarily. It's a uh, non visceral movie. It's not really gory, and there's kind of the skeleton at the bottom of the well, which is sort of uh, there's the fingernail freaky, missing but... fingernails and sort of the the yeah. really cool walk that uh, Sadoko has. Oh, but that's yeah. that's right near the end of the movie, right? But it's not gory. I mean, it's not visceral. It's not like a, a you know. What do you call them? Body horror film. It's uh, purely psychological, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, the uh, 
Oh, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, what's the uh, right context of the. I mean, if you're to categorize this film into its own specific genre, well, I'd uh, say, thinking say horror of, probably. Well, it's horror, but I mean, as a like, I'm trying to think of like horror movies. Uh, maybe it's a purely Japanese thing. I don't know, but mm. uh, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I mean, there was that whole paranormal activity business, which oh, I wonder. Shit. I never saw any of those. Shit. Those are sort of these found footage movies. Though I did, I did have some similar feelings when I watched the uh, what was that? The first found footage movie, uh, the Blair. Oh, Witch Blair Project. Witch Project. Did we see yeah. that in the theater together? I, think uh, I saw, I saw it in the it Travis, and there was some big fucker snoring behind us the whole time. It was like one of these mid midweek matinees because we both didn't have a job. Oh and, yeah. Uh, Anyway, it was and the uh, guy behind you didn't have a job either or a warm bed. Yeah. It seems. I don't know what the fuck, <laughs> but yeah, besides that had, his that snoring, had some, that had some scary moments. Yeah, it did. And actually, there was uh, I went uh, backpacking about a week or two after I saw that. And uh, we were in this valley up in the me and uh, my friend Scott uh, were up in this valley up in the North Cascades and. Uh, it was early October, so there's hardly any any backpackers up there that time of year just because it's colder and, and you can occasionally get snowed on. But we were under this big sheer cliff, and uh, I think we had had some weed. I don't remember. This was back mm. in the day. And uh, out in the middle of just the darkest, darkest forest ever, and all by ourselves. And I heard the clacking that they used in Blair Witch Project, you know, when they were in their tent and they heard noises. Mm. And so it just kind of sounded like... animal sound that they used? Well, it freaked me out, and I was, like, stoned, and I was freaking out more. This and, like and, Scott was, and Scott was just like, shut up, I'm trying to go to sleep. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, man, did you hear that? And uh, it went on until uh, I made peace with horror and uh-huh. eventually fell asleep. You didn't, open, I got you didn't open the tent flaps and just stare into the abyss? Oh, no, so that's take, like take, creepy, take, man. Take me now. There's nothing creepier than like when you're out camping and you take like a flashlight and you just open your tent flap and you look at the woods, mm-hmm, you know? Because mm-hmm. you just get this, you get like the trees in front of you and then there's just kind of this blackness, this deep blackness that goes on and, you know, who the fuck knows? And sometimes you'll see like a pair of eyes. Like from mm-hmm. some little woodland critter or something. Or something. Or something. Anyway, so I got up the next morning, took a whiz, uh, and I looked up, and I heard the clacking. And it was just, like, shit falling off the cliff. Like mm, rocks yeah, kind of tumbling up. Yeah, yeah but, you know, that was it. And then I felt like an asshole. So, uh, But it got me all spun up. I mean, that movie did uh, have, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, an effect on me. Uh, yeah, maybe we should have done that one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to watch it again. But, yeah. Uh, uh, so I guess at that level, you know, it's not uh, necessarily gory, and uh, you see very little of the horror, especially mm-hmm. the videotape. Let's talk about the videotape, maybe. Sure, and, the videotape is uh, pretty pretty awesome. I forgot how detailed it was. I mean, was it? Maybe it wasn't as detailed in the American version. No, it had. See, there is some shit in the American version. That sadly, I wish I had seen in in the Japanese version. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and, and that kind of bummed me out in a way. Um, in the American version, this is hazy memory because I saw this probably the American version over ten years ago. Um, there's, I guess, more revelation of the videotape, and there's something with like drowned horses. 
and mm. things like that. And then in this barn, there's this weird room that's isolated uh, from the floor by an, uh, a ladder that can be taken away. And that's where the girl was being kept, the uh, sadaku of, of the American version. Mm. And there's just a lot of that in it that just kind of creeped me out a little bit more that just wasn't in here. And so uh, there was little flashes in the videotape that I kept wanting to see where it came from, like the the waves with some weird unresolved object in the foreground. I was like, what the fuck is that? And then there's the close-up of the eye mm-hmm. with uh, an image in the eye. Yeah, and so then it's, there's it's the... the Sada uh, kanji. What, what is the Sada kanji? It's an element of uh, the, the name Sadako. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, the weird... Like, you get the, the... You see it in the reflection in the TV, and I think you put that up on the Facebook Mm-hmm. Uh, and it looks like somebody with a habit on, like a nun with a habit. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure that out other than it was just you get the real image reproduced after you see it in the video. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what that was? Uh, it was some sort of, I think it was some sort of accusatory pointing. Okay. Because the, the character points at the copy of the videotape. I think it's so like a shin, Shinto the, you, monk. You have, um, I, I don't know. It may just been. It may. You know, it's, it's tough. You know, when you're going to a, a movie that comes from a different cultural standpoint to really see the meaning that's uh, right. that's that's put into some of these images, some of the cultural background that may lend weight to it. My guess is it's maybe. I think it just had something to do with the fact that you could transfer this curse upon another person. Yeah. Right. Okay. There was ability so there... to transfer to be evil yourself, to be hateful yourself. So. Uh... Sadaku, basically, uh, cool. with her, what is it? Did Sadako. I miss something? Sadaku. Uh, with her, uh, I guess, uh, when post-mortem psychic powers, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, uh, uh, N-Gram's video, a videotape with this, this message, right? This curse, if yeah. you will. Yeah, it sounds like maybe it had happened before, possibly, as well. She had generated these sort of tapes. In this one place where people would come, this uh, cabin up in the woods in the Izu Peninsula. So uh, it's it's sort of a just a uh, a haunting. I mean, a curse. I mean, curses are weird. I, they're I mean, kind it's, of it's, a, it's, a, it's strictly a curse. It's a curse scenario. You're, yeah, you're being, you're being cursed. You're being troubled by an evil spirit, and that's all. That's all that uh, Sadako ends up being. It's weird that uh, curse curse the curse plot hasn't been used more in horror, right? Mm. Because it's pretty easy to write. Uh, something puts a curse on you, mm-hmm. and then you have to get out from underneath the curse, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. seems like, as opposed to, uh, you know, serial killer madman goes crazy at a uh, girl's camp and kills everybody except for the yeah, one Yeah, I like that. I think, I think these curse things hit me better. And here, Matthew, is another great young adult series idea. Uh, young high school girl, she's cursed. By a handsome, brooding uh, evil spirit. You did, it writes itself. Oh, yeah. Um, let's let's have that evil spirit be like a vampire. No, 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 and, no, no, no vampire. Right, you got to go your own no. direction, man. Otherwise, no. you got to be, you be on. Okay. You got to be riding the next wave. The next wave's evil spirits. Evil spirits, huh? Mm-hmm. That's a... just think of like a sort of a a James Dean Casper, the friendly ghost. <laughs> 
I think that was probably like a Laurel and Hardy episode back in the <laughs> They were before uh, James Dean, I guess. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's there's very little curse movies out there. Um, there's like Curse of the Mummy, but I don't think that even is in the same, you know, that was like, what, 1930s or something when that movie came out? You know what? Uh, I fucking love curses. Well, uh, what about Raiders of the Lost Ark? Who's uh, who's cursed there? Now the fucking Nazis, I guess, when they open the lid. Oh, uh, so, you know the the thing is the curse is it's got to be foreboding. It's got to be hanging over your head. There's got to be. Well, it's a, like there's got to be there's got to be a, a you know a big heavy weight a piano about to fall on you for the course of the movie. That's where the dread comes from. It's like anti prophecy, right? I mean, it's it's uh, uh, you're just a walking dead person. And well, maybe that's maybe that's why people like those Final Destination movies. I, maybe I should check them out. I've never seen them. Oh, but shit, people man. sort of get cursed, cursed there, don't they? Yeah, but man, I mean, like pools of water sneak up behind you and trip you, so you bash your head in on a on a sink fixture. That's that's. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. It is, but it's just kind of dumb. You know? Really, it's dumb. Uh, it sounds really interesting. Just, I mean, they the idea uh, that the, the something mundane like a pool of water may be inhabited by some sort of evil spirit. See, I, I I think I saw the first movie, but I, I think what would be cool is is that you would have uh, sort of a Ingmar Bergman esque uh, death, you know, walking around or hiding behind doors and mm. and and causing all this shit. But now you just get like stupid inanimate objects creeping around to you know vex the 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 the, the victims who should have died in the plane crash or so whatever. you, you so. just don't like that fate's not personified in those movies you gotta personify that, that shit make it like creepy and evil like this movie you know with mm-hmm. sadako just mm-hmm. just you know these weird uh like you don't even see your face except for that eye at the very end of the film mm. right I yeah, mean, that's yeah, that, it. Uh, that, that sort of tortured eye. And you see it in yeah. the faces of the victims as well, which is pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. So uh, the videotape, creepy, just in its uh, kind of, a, I would call it Dada-esque filming format. You know, I thought it was uh, pretty, I, I like what they did with the words from that newspaper article that uh, that uh, Reiko and, uh, I mean, uh, that, uh, yeah, Reiko and uh, Ryuji, fine. Oh, the prediction the of the eruption, or the eruption, but the... Uh, yeah, the, the, you see that article that they eventually find from the 40-year-old newspaper when they're looking in the library. You see that on the video with all the words moving around. I thought that was I thought that was a really neat little bit of animation. Yeah, it was. I, th- there's a lot of stuff that worked in this film. Uh, I'm trying to figure out where to go. Well, you, like uh, another neat thing is, uh, I, I mean, we talked about briefly the faces of the dead. And how scary they are! Like when the girl falls out of that car, when yeah. they're uh, when you, you like the reporters have some vi- some video that they took from far off while the police were investigating. That was pretty frightening. If you look really closely, you can see that the girl's panties are down around her her knees. <laughs> Which I thought up, huh? the camera lingers on that shot ever oh, so does. briefly. And beautiful Japanese movement right there. I really appreciated. I think that. Jap the Japanese like the whole panties around the knees thing. I think that's uh, I said, wasn't that in uh, Akira? There's like some panties around the knees, like after some. I don't know. Is, is that a thing? Is that a thing over there? It might be. I don't know. I thought, I that, was, I thought that was a neat well, touch. Panties, I guess, in Japan are uh, an American introduction. I heard. I read. Mm. Well, they're, pants they're, are sort of a European thing. Uh, pants is in the classic uh, definition, right? Yeah, like Which a. Are, a, a 
a, a, a waist-down garment with two holes in it. Well, three holes, I guess. One for your waist and one for each leg. Oh, I thought you were talking about the underwear specifically. Well, the underwears are a version of pants. So, yeah, I was reading somewhere that, like, panties are, are uh, weren't in Japanese culture prior to American occupation. And no. That, Yes. Really? No. Yes. No. You mean and that, World War II occupation? Or you mean y- yes. the, gr- the great growth of the Japanese Empire? No. And the v- very uh, end I'm going to look the, it up uh, right now. Of the Japan 19th century. Panties. Let's see. Be <laughs> oh, one. yeah. Put that. <laughs> very good. Keep safe oh, search on for that one. Uh, let's see. Well, there's panties vending machine. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's sort of a joke. I don't think there's many of those. Let's see. I-, I swear to God. Uh, right, well, let's just go with it. I, I, yeah. I, I, there was some weird, um, like, I mean, you sort of get, you sort of get underwear sort of come with Western dress as part of, oh, it was a part cracked, of Western dress. It was a cracked article. Six, oh, well, what the fuck was, Japanese then was, trends. Then, it, then bl- it's perfectly legit. It is. You can blame on <laughs> print that guys. out, put it in the library of Congress. <laughs> fuck off, man. I'm just trying to add some flavor to the show. Anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, the J- Japanese are obsessed with panties since we since we uh, introduced them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, it's important to understand that Japanese women didn't traditionally wear underwear before the 1930s or so. Then oh, in the really? late 50s, Western culture started to pour into Japan, and with it came Western clothing styles, which included women's underwear. Mm. The Japanese historian Shoichi uh, pinpoints this as the time when the West helpfully taught Japanese women the concept of being ashamed of their vaginas. So there you go. Mm, uh, mm. Allegedly, that's how it, how it happened. You got so uh, anyway, there's some uh, uh, added, added uh, context to the whole, that whole scene. Uh, anyway, so yeah, the horrified faces, uh, pretty creepy. Uh, I, I don't know if they were artificially created or you just had the actors pose in such a way or how they did that exactly. But. I was like uh, another thing about this movie that I like is I always like when movies put up the time so you can really pay attention. I like these little time the countdown. We've seen them in, in a few movies. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's not that uncommon to put some the shining. Yeah, the shining has it, and I think there's a couple other ones we've seen that had those too. Though they seem to be a little overused, maybe. But it's good to know because you're trying to you, you got three people you're sort of watching their week clock run down, right. Right, and so you need to you need to keep track. You know, you got to know that uh, Ryuji watched his on a Tuesday. Yeah, and that, uh, and that uh, Yoichi uh, watched his on a Friday. Right. And, um, so uh, I mean, I guess that's important. So it's, the it's whole, too- mm-hmm. so the whole thing is, is that she didn't do anything to lift the curse. No, she did. She transferred the curse. She didn't find that out to the end after the she sort of read the meaning into the pointing figure that appears in in the in the television. That but you can, but, you can transfer the curse to another, but you need to actively transfer it on to another person, which I think is really, I think is really the hook of this movie that uh, you have to uh, be willing to point that wrath at somebody else. So, but the whole uh, going to the well where uh, Sadako's uh, father pushed her in, I guess uh-huh. because she was an abomination. I mean, was yeah, it was probably a good it? idea. Generally, it was probably a pretty, yeah. it was probably a pretty smart move. Dump that shit in the well. Yeah, and uh, God, just don't drink out of that well. I wonder if anybody drank out of it. I call her a city. Well, you'd be that water was pretty black. Yeah, yeah. The whole uh, well thing was really pointless. 
Well, it was because they, they go they and going to accomplish something, but they didn't accomplish anything. Exhume the body, I guess, to uh, set it free or get the police involved in order to give it a proper uh, burial or something. give it. Yeah, to add add some justice to the whole event. Well, they thought and, maybe they could placate the spirit by that. But yeah, the, the spirit was not to be placated. No, and and it was just a technicality that the that the the, the curse lifted. Like nothing would have happened to uh, uh, no matter what. Go. Yeah, she had already transferred to Ryuji, which I thought was Ryuji, really interesting. Yeah. It re- remember, it reminds me a little bit of um, Drag Me to Hell. We saw that, right? Yeah, Drag Me to Hell. That's where uh, there was a cursed object that uh, that button, and right. that. Uh, she has the option, the main character of that movie, to transfer that curse to another person by the gift of the button. And she actually, you know, she struggles with that idea. And she eventually does, even though in the end it was a she was mistaken. She didn't transfer the, the correct thing. Um, but um, I think that's a sort of an interesting quandary that you can imagine yourself put into. That if you could save your own life, would you sacrifice somebody who's innocent of it? And the answer, of course, is yes. Yeah. Well, it, who who is the person that's physically closest to me right now? That will be the person. Ah, uh, yeah, so right. You go to the and question the, like, who does um, who's Reiko curse in the end? Who she curses transfer? her father. That she's going to transfer her son's curse to her father? I don't see yeah. how that's necessarily the case. Well, don't you hear that at the end? Is like you have to do something for Yuichi or something like that. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe she'll ask him to sacrifice himself. Well, and he doesn't necessarily have to sacrifice himself as long as he fucking like copies the tape and gives it to a friend, you know. Oh yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, it just buys him time. So I was wondering, of, hmm. uh, since these when was this movie ninety eight? Mm-hmm. And it's funny how fucking technology has just zipped right along since ninety eight, mm-hmm. which is like mm-hmm. what fourteen years ago. And I was like, the internet age. Uh, <laughs> what would happen with the curse? Uh, well, this you transfer the. Yeah, this gets us down to the questions of the nuts and bolts about how does this physically work. So go ahead. Well, it's 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 all supernatural, so it can work whatever fucking way it wants. Let's to work. figure out but, specifically uh, how it might work. <laughs> right. So let's say uh, you know YouTube starts up and uh, the curse has been you know humming along, and yeah. uh, somebody says, "Well, I'm going to transfer this to uh, YouTube," mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just like old shitty vintage Ron Jeremy porn, somebody goes ahead and, and transfers it over to uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. and uh, then it goes out into the wide world of of the internet mm-hmm. and anybody can watch it anybody can right click copy c copy v mm-hmm. uh you could uh in a sense you could in effect kill the whole world <laughs> with the curse yeah i mean <laughs> it seems like held. the tape can infect multiple people at one time we saw it right at the yeah beginning. it killed four so kids at once you could if you made a copy and showed it to a room of people 30 people would be cursed the curse would be lifted from you but so it, it has the ability to be exponential and not strictly linear. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then on the internet, you, got, you get right down to, like, what does it mean to make a copy? If you watch something on YouTube, are you making a copy? There's, uh, there's, some, there's some important legalese that's not entirely clear about that. It's like, if you stream a copyrighted work online, are, are you pirating that movie? And there's, it's not really a, a done issue because you are making a sort of an ephemeral local copy while you watch it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you wonder, you'd really have to sit down and uh, have some sort of discovery session and, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the evil spirit. Really get down right. to the nuts and bolts of what the rules yeah, the, are. Maybe drop some right. documents. 
That's right. There'd be some uh, evil spirit quorum. They're like, well, fuck. Uh, so uh, we have some copyright issues with your curse. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's not going to work out the way we planned. Uh, I mean, legally, you know. it wasn't a copy that I watched, so I shouldn't be cursed. You know, it leaves Sadako. <laughs> I mean, Sadak, uh, Sadako open to some uh, some legal liabilities. So she, yeah, I think so. Be careful about. Well, and then how's she ringing the phone? Everybody has cell phones now. I mean, you know. Well, the phone's not necessary, as we find out in this movie. Uh, that the phone doesn't need to ring to be cursed. It only well, rings. it's a harbinger, right? It's just a harbinger of bad well, times. It ahead. only rings at that Izu, that place out on the Izu Peninsula. Everywhere oh, else minute. they watch it, the phone doesn't ring. Oh, is that the case? Yeah, they have to go out to the. Uh, well, the, it the doesn't. Cabin. It doesn't change the curse at all. You're still cursed. It's just the phone only rings there. So you can't turn off your phone, turn no, the it phone, silent. The phone doesn't have any, really have anything to do with it, which Although is sort of a it, weird thing. I don't know why they just didn't take it out of the script. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's Well, it's kind of ominous, right? The uh, uh, the phone call right after yeah. you watch the videotape. Yeah, you hmm. know? yeah but it only, it only takes place at that. I mean, the phone only rings at that place. Right. They talk about it. It doesn't ring so elsewhere. So there's quite a few inconsistencies with the film. Well, uh, I think they're, they may be inconsistencies or they may be something that are sort of elements to confuse uh, Reiko and uh, Ryuji because Ryuji's going, well, you know, am I really cursed because the phone didn't ring? And they're going, well, I don't know, I'm not sure. So in a sense, it's just it's part of their investigation where they try to get down to the to the um, the, the truth at the core of this curse. I mean, what is it really? What's its nature? So uh, it's. I was thinking that this is a, a highly inventive horror movie, uh, I, and and this is one of those things that uh, was successful in Japan and got reproduced here, but it would never have originated here, I'm pretty sure. And I was thinking about, I guess, the limits of, of what I would call uh, commercial creativity in the stuff that, that, that we produce in this country, and how Japan... Uh, and I guess other foreign uh, filmmakers have managed to sort of circumvent or at least get their shit made that uh, is untested, uh, but yet uh, has like a high a high threshold or a, a low threshold of um, what's the right word uh, production. Maybe that's that's the right word. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, this is is this uh, does this use some Japanese tropes of storytelling to, or is this uh, kind of out of the blue, even among Japanese, I guess, uh, uh, tropes? Well, I don't think we have the ability to answer that question. No, we don't. Expertise we have. It, it, I'm sure it does leverage some element of, you know, the, the sort of spiritual cultural background that the Japanese had, but without either being a scholar or being natively Japanese, um, there's no way you could really answer that question. Well, it's just weird that it centers around a videotape, like something like uh, I don't even I mean, know. Is, is the videotape idea um, original? Well, I mean, we saw another video. I mean, we've seen we've seen a movie where a videotape has supernatural powers. It, it's, well, it's like Videodrome or something, yeah, right? I mean, and yeah. that that led before this. So I don't think the idea of putting magical powers on top of these pieces of technology is necessarily a completely original idea but i don't i don't think this is blatantly stolen from somewhere though it may well could have been uh, but in the was, end uh, does it matter not really not, I, not really I, 
I, I, I guess uh, it's it's a bit meta in a way because uh, the characters are watching, in a sense, a horror movie, correct? I mean, they're watching something that's disturbing. And uh, so you're watching them watching a horror movie, in a sense, and getting to the bottom of it. And you're watching it's, it. And you're watching it. It's kind of a – it's an I mean, interesting – phone rang while you're watching just after the scene where you watch the video, you'd yeah. be sort of creeped out. You would be like you're sitting there in a quiet uh, huh? room, and then all of a sudden you're. It's you're three shitty. in the morning, and it's dark out, and everybody's asleep, and the phone rings right at the end of one of the scenes. That'd be that freak anybody out. God, you know I hate nothing more than uh, a fucking phone call at two in the morning. That is, I, I, it's happened a few times, and uh, uh, I'd say the majority is wrong numbers. But um, mm-hmm. uh, I had one. It was actually when Rose and I started dating. And fucking phone rang at two in the morning, and uh, uh, you know I picked it up, and I and I I was like really out of it, and like it was a girl's voice, and it was just uh, going on and on about. It's like I don't know if I can do that. It's just like I, I I this is too much for me, and I'm like whoa hey sweetie like why don't you settle down and and then I started like just yammering just blah blah blah, and then. The, the 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 voice on the other end was like, I don't know you. What are you talking about? I don't know you. And I'm like, <laughs> well, wait a minute. Like, what's going on? It's like, who are you? And it was just, and I was like, you know who I am. I'm not saying anything. You know, we've been together for, I was like, I don't know who you are. And anyway, and then like the phone, the call, like she hung up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, did just my relationship just end? What That's the fuck's creepy. going on? And then I looked at the number, because uh-huh. I didn't even look at caller ID. It wasn't Rose's number. Oh, it's too bad. She could have called you back and said, psych. Yeah. No, it was somebody else. <laughs> it was somebody else. I was getting a wrong number, panic uh-huh. girlfriend call mm-hmm. at 2 or 3 in the morning from somebody I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. But it sounded like Rose's voice. Mm-hmm. And I was, when I started yammering about it, like, oh, you need to settle down and we'll work through this. And I, I don't know what you're talking about and, and, and all this. And I, and then the, the, the person on the other end was like, this isn't the guy that I thought I was calling. You know? There you go, There's a screenplay and, idea, right? And so. then, like, but you know, like the I don't know you business. You know, that's like that's like that's like you know, uh, relationship talk. It's like I don't know you. It's not like I even know you anymore. The way you act in public, you know, that kind of shit. Oh man, it left mm-hmm. me with like a really creepy feeling though. But that's yeah, like oof. my late night phone call story there. So. Um, Anyway, but uh, yeah, there's nothing. You, you got like, phone call I mean, I, maybe you've done that now, but I, I don't answer the phone. Oh, I turn my answer. shit off now. You know, I just turn it to silent when I go to bed. Well, do you even have a landline any longer? No, don't yeah. have a landline. Yeah. Do you guys have a landline? Uh, well, we have a a a, a, a telephony landline. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah. So one one that... other thing. Um, this movie has a sequel. Really, uh, Ringo Two. Oh, uh, I know the American in, version. Uh, Two thousand five. Okay. Um, it stars the same characters. Really? Yeah. It's uh, directed by the same person. Really, uh, Nakata. And I've never seen two movies have two to- uh, as different separation of thermometer tom- ratings. <laughs> Ringo comes in ninety-seven percent. Yeah. Ringo Two comes in zero percent. 
Whoa, 0%. What two movies, and I mean, it's almost crazy here that it has the same stars and the same actors. But I'm just trying to think, what what movies and their sequels differ more? I was thinking... Well, look up uh, The Exorcist, The Heretic. We discussed that last week. What did that thing come in and ask? The Exorcist, The Heretic? I was I thought two. it was Exorcist, Exorcist 2. 2. Yeah, Exorcist 2. It's called two. The, Heretic. the Heretic. Yeah. Yeah, and it does have some of the same characters, but Friedkin doesn't direct it, does he? No, but what did it come in at? Well, let me look. I did look up one. Uh, it was Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> Dumb and, and Dumber. And Dumb and Dumberer. With the two with two different actors, yeah, two different actors, two directors, but that doesn't swing as much. Dumb and Dumber is at sixty four, and Dumb and Dumberer is at ten percent. See here, The Exorcist is at eighty eight percent, yeah, and The Exorcist two, uh, which has a lot of the same stars, is at twenty two percent. So that's getting close. It's getting close. It's getting close, um, but that that swing between Ringo and Ringo two is just amazing. It must have been a crap pile. Uh, can you read the what? Can you read the uh, the, the summary? The, the consensus? Uh, there's no, no consensus. Just, yes. Oh, oh no, you I'm mean the, the movie info summary? It's it's rather lengthy. Oh, um, let me see if I can. I'm curious. Let me see if I, let, let me ring. So uh, let me read somebody's. Um, here's 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 a uh, the short note from uh, Christopher Knowles' review. A stillborn thriller. Oh man. So uh, this is this is a quick overview. I'm reading it. I would. Uh, Reiku takes Yoichi into hiding when her son begins to display frightening powers. Ooh. Uh, meanwhile, Mei Takano and the authorities begin a desperate search for them as the mysterious ring curse spreads. Oh, that do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it that, sort of falls to its logical conclusion that this, this curse is sort of going to multiply. Oh, it's interesting. It does, it, does, it does touch on the, the, the supernatural elements of this story beyond... Um, uh, Shizuko, uh, Shizuko and uh, and Sadako, that uh, Ryuji is psychic, and so is Yoichi. Uh, yeah, which I thought I thought it was an interesting twist. You don't really it doesn't really get reviewed. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really get talked about until later when uh, Ryuji has to really identify himself when he's talking to one of the that older oh, the uh, member of the Yamamura family. I think it was right. the brother of Shizuko, possibly or a cousin. Right, who had some experience with her, um, where he, he shows his psychic powers, um, and he seems like that's sort of the reason that uh, uh, Reiko and uh, and Ryuji broke up. And you get a little feeling of it here and there from Yoichi, like he can talk to uh, Tomoko. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. Other things. Um, so uh, you would guess that uh, you know, as you might, in the way of The Shining, that uh, people who have similar skills. You sort of see it in each other, and it amplifies when two people are together. Like, you know, you could imagine that uh, Yoichi and uh, Sadako might have some sort of connection because of... Is that a Japanese thing? Natural powers. Um, the, uh, the psychic thing, because uh, obviously, I mean, I like... I mean, it seems like it's something that's in Western culture as well. I'm sure it's there to some degree. Exactly what flavor it is, though, as I said, I doubt we could really answer that question. Well, I just, uh, sadly, I have very, very, very little exposure to uh, Jap- the Japanese storytelling and culture, but uh, I like, thought you were going to uh, say Jap storytelling there for a second. Is it Jesus, Matt? No, I pre- it's 2014. I pre- Come on, I prefer Nip. I think that's a better, more appropriate. No, it's just, never mind. It's the, Good Lord, I know. You can just but, see the people unsubscribing to our podcast. Oh, geez, people. Come on, cut us some slack. We're ironically racist on, on the culture. And that's the good here. kind of racist. <laughs> yeah, it's the best kind, really, because it's excusable, you know. And, sure it uh, is. 
Anyway, so uh, like Akira has the whole like psychic craziness going on. So I, mm. I, I just maybe it's a thing. I don't know. Uh, it kind of manif- doesn't really manifest much beyond like a storytelling other than uh, if you're a subscriber to the uh, uh, Reiki uh, art of massage. You heard of Reiki? Uh, no, I have not. Reiki's like, is it even Japanese? It's it's this uh, BS pseudo medicine uh, kind of. I'm a I'm a harsh critic of uh, all, I guess, Eastern medicines because I think they're non scientific and basically non causal. But uh, Reiki, you don't have to think uh, that that's sort of a fact. It's a fact, but uh, it's it's like a Reiki is like a laying on hands kind of thing uh mm-hmm. that that that's i guess originated in japan a japanese technique but nobody's actually like laying on hands or um it's like you can hover your hands over somebody and heal them but it's mm. a it's a life force energy flowing from you know you into uh your i don't know uh, person that you're trying to heal or whatever it's it's silliness but uh it's it's something that at least is manifests and something tangible out of that i'm aware of is this whole reiki thing where you like action at a distance you can just focus your energies through your hands and heal somebody uh so which seems kind of in the psychic vein so i mean is is it depend on the ailment you know it's like all this shit it can heal everything you know, that's, that, well, that's, that's how you, you know, that's how, like, I, I, I've been having this debate with my friend Emma about acupuncture for fuck months now. And, uh, uh, about, you know, the problem with acupuncture and the problem with a lot of Eastern medicines, what they claim is that they can heal everything under the sun, right? Mm-hmm. Which is crap. But, uh, if they said, you know, acupuncture is, is, is really good for, uh, uh, I guess, uh, this kind of cold like all right that seems strangely specific mm. uh maybe that's maybe there's something there but if you look under acupuncture it heals everything from like pain to cancer you know and everything in between well so. i think there's been some studies so it can have some analgesic properties yeah it's i i i as that i say are it, comparable or maybe slightly better than control it's but a highly at best i think it's a highly effective placebo yeah, you know. and placebos are can be extremely effective, and you especially know, for things like pain, experiential issues. The appall- well, they call them subjective symptoms, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, the thing I always heard about acupuncture is, uh, uh, well, it can't really hurt, and it's like, well, then it's not doing shit. You know, I hate to say it, but some Western medicines can fucking hurt, but that's because they're doing something. You know, and uh, it's just a, a, a statistics. Is the reason that we use most Western medicines mm. because of trial studies and stuff. But acupuncture, it's not causal. You can't measure anything, and so well, no, you no, you you can, and well, I don't you, think that I don't think that the results are inconclusive. Well, like does you your can knee measure hurt pain sensation? I think people have looked at that, and uh, I haven't seen the studies. I mean, I've seen some papers. And I think the general was that it was similar to control, to mock acupuncture. Mo- it's called mock acupuncture. That's where you're just kind of sticking in needles randomly. Uh, no, it's actually, f- they're like fake needles. They use, the, I don't know if you've seen acupuncture, but they oh. use these little guide plastic yeah. things to yeah. guide them. And I think it's the, to make sure the depth is just right. And you can just sort of 
fake that you're poking somebody. I mean, the sensation, they're pretty fine needles. Right. And so I think that uh, just having like some sort of feeling at the surface can be very similar to uh, the actual needle actually piercing the skin. So those Well, are they're the like, well, it, uh, it creates in, uh, the generations of endorphins, which can be, uh, I guess, uh, pain reducers. And then <laughs> okay. I read this one article. It's like, well, so can hitting your thumb with a hammer. You know, okay. I, there's all kinds of things that will release endorphins. Uh, well, you could consider wise. a hammer therapy. I know. It's like, okay, let me see your hand. Let's fucking knock that bitch around with a hammer. And then this guy was stop worrying about your back. Hit him in the head a few times. He quieted right down. That's right. He, he really didn't give a shit about his knee anymore after I whacked him a few times with a fucking hammer. Was, there was some incontinence issues afterwards. <laughs> he shit himself. So and it was all good. Yeah, that's right. Or, yeah, you had constipation. Oh, I'm going to hit you with a hammer and then you'll uh, shit yourself. Well, and, uh, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I would just be, it's fine to be skeptical, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if you need to get out the pitchforks. Oh, I do, of, man. I fucking scorched earth with that I would shit. get out the pitchforks. There's other, other uh, magical thinkings that I think deserve the pitchforks more than uh, some uh, people. Oh, I'm with you. Themselves. I'm with you. Uh, I just like getting into arguments. That's kind of my thing. I just Nothing like makes it. friends like arguments. It's just like getting into a friendly argument about uh, Eastern medicine. Nothing makes me happier. Anyway, so I don't know if uh, maybe the whole supernatural end or the uh, psychic end was some part of a uh, yeah, it's Japanese sort of uh, spiritual belief or what have you. Well, it's, as, as I've said, it's a question we can pose but not answer. Yeah, exactly. So why don't we uh, go ahead and uh, check out the review? This week we turn to Scott Tobias at the AV Club. I don't think we've ever read no, uh, the Onions AV Club. And I think that um, I th- I've heard of Scott Tobias. He, I think he sets in on some of the podcasts I listen to oh. uh, on films. Uh, it's surprising we haven't uh, reached out to him. Maybe he doesn't re- write that many articles. Uh, this is really sort of a short review uh, of Ringu, uh, released in 2003, I think, uh, as a follow-up to the remake by Verbinski uh, of the movie uh, in 2002, maybe? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, so he talk, he's talking a little bit about this release, and this is actually the first release in the... Um, in the in the U.S. of Ringo, he says first of all that uh, the 2002 The Ring was superbly crafted. See, I'm of that. I'm uh, of I'd, that I'd have to go watch it again before. I yeah, I think that. it was. I think it had. Um, well, the way it was filmed, it was it the it, they set it in Seattle, which is yeah. uh, uh, our home hometown here, and I think up on Whidbey Island, or it was supposed to be up on Whidbey Island, or up in the islands somewhere. Like if there was and, a volcano on Whidbey Island. Well, they didn't have the Maybe there's no volcano thing. sub. Yeah, they didn't plot. do that. That's too no. bad. Because it would be a uh, perfect idea. I mean, we're actually very similar sort of areas to some of these Japanese islands as far as their tectonic properties. I, I think, I think like, the premonition or whatever was the uh, ferry sinking and the horses drowning or something. Uh, mm. I think that was that was the... Uh, I guess the uh, similar event, but it had just a intent. It was kind of some washed out film, like a lot, uh, fairly monochromatic, like a lot. You're of talking blues. about the actual videotape. No, I'm talking about the the film, The Ring, the the mm. remake, The Ring, mm. with Naomi uh, Watts, and it had a a much more dreary look to it uh, mm. that. 
I think just enhanced the the Northwest kind of midwinter drear with uh, and like the the cabin mm-hmm. and that island is just it's like the rainforest I remember it's just so dreary and the atmosphere is is a lot more intense hmm. in the remake than it was in the Japanese film because the Japanese film does it's 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 kind of film like any other movie uh, it doesn't doesn't have a style necessarily that's specific. And so that's what I really liked about the American version. Hmm. Uh, that and some of the imagery was a lot more intense. Hmm. Uh, so I'm kind of of the reviewer's opinion here that uh, uh, Gore Verbinski's version was the stronger of the two movies, however not original. But He also says that it had better performances. It may have. But so. it's, tough to, it's tough to get the performances out when you're reading subtitles, personally. I think it's hard to really feel the performances well, you as know, much. Ryuji, he seemed very uh, uh, kind of one-noted. I don't know. He seemed uh, he he never stared at anybody. He always stared off into distance when he was talking. He was haunted, and he had that. It's almost like a, a, a Japanese affectation, you know. This sort of this what? stoic. This Japanese actor in a Japanese film had I a know, Japanese crazy, affectation, huh? but he had like this stoic, mm-hmm. like thousand-yard stare. I think that, that well, he uh, was supposed to. That was part of his character, certainly. That's definitely, uh, I guess, uh, specific to a lot of, of Japanese films that I've watched, where you have like this just glowering uh, male character who isn't even staring at the person he's talking to. They're just kind of like, like sort of a Kira Kurosawa esque sort of. They got some macho men over there in Japan. Ooh, yeah, cer- the macho there's, man. There's certainly. <laughs> the lovely Elizabeth. The lovely Ryuki. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, um, I, I personally, I like the Ryuji character, but I guess I sort of fall for those sort of hard, hard yeah. Japanese men. Yeah, um, <clears throat> he says that the movie was uh, before this release in 2003, which he says is very good. He says that the movie had been uh, disseminated through bootlegs among hardcore Japanese horror disciples. I'd like to meet those guys. Um, he says they would be disseminated as uh, poorly marked VH. S tapes and how better to watch a film about a mysterious unlabeled videotape that gives viewers exactly one week to live. I thought that'd be pretty interesting if you actually got this as a bootleg on a videotape. It's like, fuck, I guess I only got one week to live now after watching this. <laughs> that Japanese would be bootleg. that would be incredibly that would be incredibly cool. I don't know where people in 2003 were you just were you just like bit torrenting shit. Or was I'm that trying to figure out. No, I, I never. uh well, 2003 was like Napster era, remember? Where you where you had to download, like if you wanted an album, it would take you like an hour and a half because everybody had dial-up, right? And then you'd get like the shitty, just just fragmented versions of the songs. He says that Ringo has a minimalistic intensity, a minimalist intensity, which I thought I thought I, thought, I enjoyed. I mean, you were talking that maybe the there's some you know washing of the of the film stock and the American version. I don't know. I, I, I liked sort of the straight up, the way he presented this film. I, th- I, th- okay. I enjoyed the, the sort of casual realism that uh, it had. Um, he says though, after a rousing start, Ringo settles into a sagging investigative procedural. Though I enjoyed the uh, procedural element of it. I thought it was fun when they're trying to track it down. I think it made the, the sort of heart wrenching element that the fact that it was all for naught a little bit. Well, better. It, it added some exposition to the cause of the videotape, right? I mean, that was well. They had to the, figure out what was going on, and as they figured it out, the viewer figured it out. I don't, I don't see how that makes it sag, but uh, 
Um, <clears throat> he says um, <laughs> that uh, he, the movie closes with a mesmerizing double whammy, chasing an already intense climax. I guess he's talking about the well scene with a wholly oh. unexpected and chilling turn of events. I thought the uh, they must have the TV crawl business in the American version because that's just fucking awesome bit of filmmaking there. What's that? The TV crawl? Oh, they they use the same technique. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was that uh, yeah. was just that was just plain awesome. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that twist personally, and I liked uh, how I really enjoyed where she finally figures out. She really has a. I mean, Reiko really has an understanding of how the curse works at the end. Uh, the the one well scene. I was like. You know, they go to the what, like a, a fucking hardware store and get buckets and rope and shovels mm-hmm. and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and an axe. I was like, you know, it, it doesn't cost that much just to get a like a, a sump pump for a few bucks. <laughs> yeah, they had. The, yeah, they had. I mean, how did they know there's going to be a bunch of standing water in there? I don't know. But, and uh, uh, it seems like they wouldn't have to have somebody at the bottom of the well. They could have just dumped the buckets down there and filled them. Oh yeah. Well, uh, you would have to get the bucket to submerge by knocking it. You'd put some rocks in the bottom of it, you know, so it would tilt down. And yeah, yeah I guess you probably could. Then you have to haul those rocks up and down too. And uh, why they put um, the uh, least strong of the two as the bucket hauler there? You know, I don't know. Well, I think it was a macho thing because it's scary to go down in a well, oh, okay. which it certainly is. Because when no, could- she has to go down, she's fucking freaking out. We used to rent these sump pumps just for this kind of thing. We just basically it hooks up to a garden hose and just drop it down there, and uh, it just pumps all that shit right out. But uh, what I'd like to do is go to some, go out to the peninsula and go up to some nice, a nice area up there, maybe the hot springs, and yeah. uh, just just roll on up with a couple of buckets and axe and some <laughs> rope, and just just chop my way in the middle of the day underneath one of their cabins. Yeah. And start right. fucking around over there. How long would it take for somebody to arrive? To, um, why did you just bash through our facade? And what the fuck are you doing under one of our cabins? See, you have to dress appropriately. Like, if you showed up in sort of a work truck, you uh-huh. know, and you had... Oh, in like high-vis vest? Yeah, high-vis vest, some Carhartt uh, jeans on. And, a sump pump? Uh, like a, a sump pump and a hard hat. And you just went under and you started doing that shit. I bet you you could get away with it for a very long period of time. You know? Oh yeah, I mean you have a better chance. It just depends whether it's a day where the actual uh, competent manager is there. There's this, you know, I've never tested it for fear of 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 being, uh, uh, you know, uh, arrested. But of if you play the part in our society uh, and you don't look conspicuous, you can get away. I bet you can get away with a lot of shit. You know, if you look like uh, a work crew and you go and you break into property and you start doing something, um, and even if somebody says, hey, uh, what are you guys up to? And there's like, oh, well, there's a, you know, like you're you're uh, uh, Kurt Russell in uh, Big Trouble Little China, you know, with your phone and you walk in there to, uh-huh. the, <laughs> to the way, what is it, the, 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 the wing chi exchange or whatever like that and you pretend like you know what you're doing you can get kind of far so mm-hmm. i bet you you could probably i bet you could do it but they obviously didn't look like a work crew yeah i mean i mean i mean i think the best example of this working more or less is in ghostbusters where they dig in the middle of like one of the streets in manhattan oh the boy i haven't remember seen that, that scene 
Uh, I very I, I I think I've seen Ghostbusters maybe once. Oh, well, we definitely gonna out. have to do that movie sometime. Is it a good movie? Yeah, I don't yeah, know if it's, it's a, a good, very movie. good movie. I guess it's because Bill Murray's in it, and he doesn't love Bill Murray, right? So. Oh, Zemeckis or uh, Landis, oh, uh, whatever. Uh, I think, yeah, that's a good, oh, I love his stuff. <laughs> I think we should do a Bill Murray marathon. I think uh, uh, there's plenty in the uh, catalog of, of film to... Yeah, Mark and I might take a theme-oriented take to the podcast at some point in the future. It's hard to tell, just to keep us a little uh, fresh, you know. But um, I don't know if there is much else to talk about. I mean, it's... Uh, uh, I it's a, it's a fun, scary movie. I like it. Yeah, it's a fun, scary movie. I, I'm kind of with the reviewer, though. I, I think the uh, the American version was much more well-crafted, but uh, maybe didn't have the impact, you know, so... Anyway, uh, all right, so I guess that's, uh, we're halfway through the horror of the horror in our uh, uh, horror-a-thon on the run-up to Halloween this year. So um, next week, what do we got on deck, Mr. Hudson? I think this is your choice, right? It is my choice. Yes. And boy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a weird one, which I, I like. I don't mind having bad bad movies out there, but I'm pretty sure this probably is one. It's uh, It's definitely a cult movie. Uh, it's uh, uh, but it's kind of a cult movie, like of the vintage of the old, uh, oh, the 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 folks that made uh, like the Toxic Avenger and mm. Surf Nazis Must Die and uh, that production house. <laughs> Did they do Chud as well? No, they didn't do Chud. Chud was somebody else. But uh, it's 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 a farcical B movie, but since. Calorophobia, as I like to call it, which is actually a word, which means the uh, phobia of clowns. And it's a real phobia. I watched some National Geographic special with some woman that had an acute clown phobia. And they, like, had her in some room in in Boston. But, no, this chick was, like, crawling the walls. Like, some party clown came in. She was fucking crawling the walls. I mean, she was terrified. Uh, So... Uh, and I fucking hate clowns myself. I think they're the, the, the why you put clowns in with children is the the most bizarre combination of things that uh, I have yet to understand. So, um, but it hits that note, I think. And there's some fucking creepy looking clowns and killer clowns from outer space. So uh, that's going to be our movie uh, next week. And I don't know if I've told my clown story or not, but I will tell my my personal uh, account of, 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 of a clown encounter. and uh, On a very special episode of... On a very special episode. Matt, 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 <laughs> Matt will uh, open up to the, to the listeners and, and go into some childhood trauma of his. <laughs> so uh, stay tuned for that. But, uh, so I guess uh, until next week... 